24 Cross Media. are back g macawini coming at you in another edition of the outlaw blitz interview podcast big fella let's get dangerous it's gonna be easy to get dangerous today we got a real badass in the house <laughs> yes pat, we do a pat, woman in the wind pat matters joins us today welcome to the show pat thank you this thank has been in the making for a while we finally you, nailed the date down and it's you, awesome that you're here i know you guys have been chasing me for a while so it's good to finally be with you guys it's hard to catch something that doesn't stop moving i try to keep it that way <laughs> Moving targets harder to hit. Now, was that a new hat? Because you told me you lost one. I, I did. I lost one out in Vegas uh, last month. No, this is uh, one that I've had. This is a, a live lucky. Okay. I, I usually ride with an Oklahoma State, but, you know, this has got the orange and black. So Hell, yeah. It, it works. My fa- Two of my favorite colors. Yep. Yeah, this guy, it's hard to find him. Not in orange or salmon. Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> all story. right. So before we get really deep into the travel and all that, you grew up in Oklahoma. I did. Born and raised. Born and raised. How big was your town? Uh, my hometown was probably, when I lived there, it was probably between two and 3,000 people. Small, small town. Small. Uh, uh, graduating class? My graduating class was 68. Wow. 68. Wow. Yeah. It is a small town. Um, so you played softball growing up. I did. And then you played through high school. Yep. And then on to, you went to University of Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State University, or, yep. I say that backwards. Yep. Oklahoma State University, and you played softball there as well? I did not, no. Yeah. I actually got I got recruited for um, some smaller JUCOs. Yeah. Uh, and I probably could have went and played. Uh, our program at the time, my high school program, was one of the top programs in the country. Uh, we had uh, one of the longest winning streaks, or best records uh, overall in the country. We were in the uh, state title game. At the time I was in high school, we were in the state title game about 12 years in a row. Wow. Yeah. That's a program. Yeah, that's a program. There was only one other program, I think, down in Louisiana that had a better record than us. Wow. So. Uh, Yeah, that's a factory. That's what that is. more than a program. All right, so you go to college. What was your major? Uh, I actually majored in forestry, forestry, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> well, New York's got a big forest. Um, so you, you go through four years of school, you, you, graduate in for, you graduate in forestry. Yep. So where did you go from there? Like, you graduate, then what's the next step? So the funny thing is, is I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma with my mom and my stepdad one weekend. Uh, we'd gone to see Phantom of the Opera, you know, off-Broadway. And my stepdad, Les, God bless his soul, he could talk to anybody. He could talk to a fence post and have a conversation. So he goes outside to smoke before I get ready to head back because I was actually at a forestry competition. I actually competed in timber sports for Oklahoma State. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So I had come in from Little Rock, Arkansas. I had to go back because I had a race. I raced to Crosscut Saw. So I had a race the next day. So I'm going back. And he starts up a conversation with this guy that's outside smoking with him. Well, it turns out that that guy was the deputy commissioner of the DEC at the time. Wow. So uh, I was a junior. He was like, give me some time. Send me some info on your program. Send me a resume. And he goes, I'll see what I can do. 
So that was in March. Uh, I didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything by May. I had committed to stay on campus and work. I was working in a uh, genetics research lab. So I had already committed to stay there. Uh, so I sent him the stuff, but I didn't hear anything back. In June, the four stranger up in Shandaken got a hold of me and talked to me right through my senior year till I got out here for spring break and interviewed me and was like, as soon as the budget passes, I'm hiring you. The budget passed on, I think, May 1st. I graduated from May 10th and moved here May 20th. And, wow. and that was it. Well, that explains how you got here. Yeah. But I <laughs> need to circle back. What kind of uh, events did you do in this uh, um, I did the timber cro- sports? I did, cross, I did the cross-cut saws. Okay. So I did both women's, the women's event, and then the mixed event is called the Jack and Jill. Okay. So it was me and one of the guys would get in there and, and race the saw. So the women cut a... Uh, the women's block was an eight inch cant, which is a square log and the Jack and Jill was a 10 inch cant. So, okay. It was basically a big drinking fest is what you went and you, you competed like (laughs) on the side of the drinking, but, uh, is is that when there's somebody on each side and you're pulling it back Back and forth. forth. Yep. Yep. Um, so we only did, we had one meet a year and it was all the Southern forestry schools. So it was. Louisiana, LA Tech, Stephen F. Austin, North Carolina, Florida. So, and it rotated every year. So it was basically just like a big party. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So you get up here, you come to New York. Now, that's a far cry from Oklahoma. It is. Um, I looked at it, I was like, I would never, I've never been like that far from home. And why not go and check it out? Like, what's the worst that happened? I hate it and I come back. Yeah, and these were mountains. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Total flat yeah, ground. It was, it was it was something completely different, and um, you know, growing up gay in Oklahoma in the '90s was not necessarily a safe place. So I was like, well, let me go somewhere else and see what life is like there. Now, not being from New York, did you think like most non-New Yorkers that New York is just a big city? No, because I, I had actually driven out here, you know, the over spring break. So I had seen, I didn't even get anywhere near New York City the okay. first time I came up here. Like, I came straight up through uh, Binghamton and Scranton. And, right, right, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, came right. up. The, yeah. So you th- saw all the trees. And I, you're like, I saw okay. all the good parts. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's funny still today. People are like, you live in a big city? I'm like, no, we live in the mountains and the, and the rivers. Yeah, yeah. The entire state of New York is not a concrete jungle. Well, that, <laughs> no. and that's what, like, my friends back home, like, I still have to tell them that. I'm like, no, no, no. There's a whole other state besides yeah. the city. Right, right. <laughs> so... When you get to Shandaken, what's like? What's your? Did did you kind of feel the groove immediately? Were you in Ulster County? Kind of like, I, I I dig this vibe. Um, I I definitely dig the vibe. I I like the the rural kind of slowness of it. Um, it was a little bit off for me because you know I born and raised in the South. Like I have a whole different mindset of things. You know people are a little less friendly than what I was used to. You know, like... I, <laughs> That's I mean, where I was going to go next, I, is the rudeness of, of I, the northerners. I would, I would be in the A.M.P. in Margaretville, you know, and, like, I grew up, like, you bag your own groceries, right. you know? And so I would just grab the bag and start bagging things, and the lady would look at me like I'd sprouted another head, you know? And <laughs> at the end, I'd be like, okay, thank you. And she's like, who do you why, think you are? Why are you are? saying thank you to me? And like, who do you think you are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, so what She's was uppity? She bangs her <laughs> yeah. own groceries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what was your mom's opinion of you coming basically across country um, to start your 
My my life. mom is 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 pretty cool in that she let both of her kids, both me and my brother, just kind of like spread our wings and do what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she never held us back and said, no, that's too far or whatever. Um, when I first moved here, like, of course, that was well before cell phones. So I used to go every, like, Saturday night. I would walk up to uh, Pearlman's gas station on 28 when I was living in Pine Hill, and I would sit outside on the payphone. Or I'd go to the Pine Hill Arms and wow. use their payphone, and I, my mom gave me a phone card, so I'd call her once a week. She'd just call me once a week, so I know you're live. And, yeah. that, wow. and that's, you know, that's how we went. See, we're building. <laughs> I'm, build, I'm building this story to where Slowly we're going. Sure. We're building it. All right, so you, you're in forestry for a while, right? Um, and then you worked in some summer camps? or Yeah, well, I, I, when I first moved up here, I worked for the Forest Rangers for a summer, um, and that was just a seasonal job. That rolled into working at Bel Air. So I worked on the ski lifts up at Bel Air for five years. So you went from not much snow to now working with snow. And man-made snow. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, which was a whole new thing for me. Uh, I didn't even know you could make snow. But um, so, yep, I did that um, for, I think it was at Bel Air for five years. And then I ended up, I was in Boyceville one day, and we went to the subway shop. And we're talking to the guy there, and we ate there quite regularly. And he was like, oh, you guys are up there? He goes, have you ever gone up and seen the camp up at the end of the road? And I was like, no, it's like this little janky wooden sign. You know, I'm thinking it's like a YMCA camp. Right. He's like, oh, no, you, you got to go up there. He goes, I used to deliver lumber up there for them. It's like a multi-million dollar camp. Damn. So hey, the sign did its purpose though, kept people out. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's this little wood. It looked sign. like Crystal Lake on the yeah. outside. Yeah, exactly, you know. So, so I I'm, saw this movie. <laughs> exactly, you're not getting me, sucker. Um, so me and my ex, we drove up, and I was like, we went, like you come up and you come with like this security gate, and of course it was well before the kids were there. So we go through, and it's like it opens up in front of you, and there's like two lakes. They've got like their own baseball stadium. Wow. They've got an indoor hockey, you know, I or roller hockey arena. Right. They've got outdoor roller. I was like, I took one look at this place and I was like, I gotta work here. So right. then I I just like got on the website, found them on the website, sent a message like, Hey, I live down the road. I'd love to do anything for you guys. So they called us back and they actually hired me and my ex both to be drivers for them. So we would run to Kingston, buy groceries or right. pick up things, run people to the doctor, you know, and, and twice, twice, three times a week, <clears throat> they had like these Ford E350 vans. We'd load up all the counselors. They'd buy a ticket for like a dollar and we'd take them down to Phoenicia and dump them off on Main Street <laughs> for like three hours, let them eat and drink as much as they could. Pack them back in the vans and take them back up onto the oh, mountain. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Um, now, at any point from graduating, did you s- play softball or anything that they offer up in this area? Um, I did play some slow pitch for a while up in uh, Boyceville, Olive, yeah. Yeah. up in there for, for a couple years. It's just funny because, like, you try to paint a picture when you talk to somebody, right? Like, they have all these different parts of their lives, right? You played softball at a very dominant school. Right. And you go to college and you're doing the, you know, the, the timber games and now you're in forestry. Like, you know, at, at parts of you kind of, I don't want to say die off, but they go away because of other parts of right. life. Right. Yep. So you just kind of played recreational softball yep. in the area. So you like that area up there then. I do. Yep. Now. So we'll, this, this question will come full circle at the end. 
Where do you see yourself when you finally settle down and retire? Um, I, well, you know, I've been starting to give that a lot of thought cause I'm kind of getting there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I knew like I wanted to be South of the Mason Dixon mm-hmm. and preferably West of the Mississippi if possible. But, um, you know, like just having spent more and more time with my mom the last few years, like as I, as I travel through there, I really think I want to settle right back in my hometown. Back home. Yep. No, there's no place like home. Yeah. yeah. You know, like all roads go back to home, right? Yeah. Some kind of thing. Um, so, so you do that, you, you, I'm sure you transition, uh, careers at some point, right? Um, you're very successful in your private career and and we keep that private. At what point did traveling become like your forte? I would say probably right around, well, I've always loved to travel. Like I, I love a good road trip, like. Pack me some McDonald's burgers and, you know, some soda, and I'm, I'm ready to go. Yep. Yeah. But um, as far as what I do for now, uh, probably back in 2011, I went through a really rough breakup for me. It was, you know, 12 years of a relationship that, that kind of went down the toilet in a bad way. And uh, during that whole time, I could never ride a motorcycle because she couldn't ride a motorcycle, so I couldn't ride a motorcycle. Right. So... I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want now. You know, like those, those, I'm throwing those chains off and being right, right. who I want to be. Time so, to find yourself. Right. So I found a, a cheap Honda Shadow off of Craigslist down, uh, down by the city. Drove down, talked the guy down a third of the price and threw it on the trailer and brought it back. Got it running and, and thus lighted, <laughs> lighted right. the fire. Right. So a door closed, but the highway opened. Exactly. So then, uh, like I said, you know, we've talked off the air just before this, and I said, I remember when you didn't ride a motorcycle and then you were heading to our local college for the motorcycle classes. Well, I actually came up here with a motorcycle license because, funny enough, in Oklahoma, you could get your motorcycle license at 14. Wow. What? Yeah, you yeah, you, you know, but you can only go, like, to work and to school, like, but you could ride you could ride a dirt bike on the road. What's the regular age down 16. there? 16. Okay. So a lot of people got their motorcycle license so they would could be mobile. Sure. Um so I actually when you, and when you got your driver's license, that was it. It encompassed anything that had a motor. You could drive a boat, right. you could drive a motorcycle, really? you could So that started to change probably around 94, 95, they started saying, oh, now you have to have a motorcycle endorsement because it was kind of going to a nationwide standard that Mm -hmm. you had to have. So if you already had a motorcycle license, what it was is they, to take the test, they would give you a helmet that had like speakers in it and they would follow behind you in a car and tell you, okay, turn left, turn right. And, you know, basically like your driver's test, but they're in the car behind you. Right, right. So it was so new and it was so expensive to implement this system they had like one set of helmets for like every four counties so everybody had to share so if you went in with a notarized uh document saying that you'd been riding for more than two years they were like okay we trust you and they would just give you your motorcycle endorsement (laughs) so i actually never went through a motorcycle safety course prior to starting to ride okay Uh, um 
So when I came up here and I ended up having to switch my license and everything over, like I walked out, I was at the DMV in Margaretville, and I walk out and they hadn't put my motorcycle endorsement on there. I turned around, went right back in. We had to go through the whole process all over because I'm like, I am not going through the process that you guys have up here. I want that on there to come across. So, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, it's actually on my work ID too. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, I can drive, you know, motorcycles at oh, work. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, so you get your, you get your Honda shadow right now. Now, not every trip is immediately far and we'll get to far. <laughs> what, what's your first trip? Like, where's your first trip? What do you, what do you do? My, my first, probably what I considered a long trip was at the time my brother was stationed with the Coast Guard in Cape May. Okay. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Wow, you've come a long way. (laughs) Oh, boy, did she. We'll get there. So Roughly four hours from us. Roughly four hours. And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, my God, like, I'm such a badass. Like, I'm riding riding all the way out to Cape Cod, you know. So I'd go up, hop on the Mass Turnpike, and, and shoot over. And I would go over there probably two, three times a year. Right. You know. Got to be wonderful riding in Cape Cod, like it, down on uh, 28 there. Yeah, us knowing the, ro- knowing the roadways Road, up yeah. there. It's beautiful. Thinking about it is awesome. It's got to be beautiful just riding up all the coasts there yeah. over in, and he was in Chatham, right? In Chatham uh, area? He was in, uh, where was he at? He was uh, right off the circle. Like when you, the first. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like by uh, Falmouth or yeah, uh, Bourne. Bourne area. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Bourne. That's where yep, he was. Yep. Um, yeah, one night I actually got out of work at midnight. I rode to work, had the bike loaded. Got out at midnight, hopped on the bike, and rode over and watched the sun come up. <laughs> that's on, awesome. That's on, awesome. On Falmouth Beach. Yeah, that, yeah. There you go. Yep, that'll do it. That, yep. Right up in the east. I'm still I'm stuck on the beginning of the conversation because just for anybody that has been through a rough spot in their life, you said that that one door closed and the and the roadway and the, the highway, highway opened, opened, but you're going from this. It's metaphorically, it's a beautiful thing. It's a little room, and boom, the door opens, and there's the whole wide world out in front of you. Now. Absolutely, yeah. that is awesome. Yeah, you, you went from a single lane highway to the whole world's in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was literally. I mean, you guys know, like yeah. I, I used to just be grinding it out and chilling, work, 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 yeah, work. Yeah. That's all I would do. Yeah. Now, and we'll get to that as these trips get longer. How much did that clear your mind? Oh. Starting to ride and taking those trips. It probably built your confidence immensely. It, it starts getting you. It starts helping your attributes another way. You get more I, I, confident. You, you you carry yourself a little bit. You know, absolutely. You know, there there is something about you know like riding a motorcycle in general that just makes you feel like a badass. But you know, and then there's just like certain things that happen that just you're just like, oh my god, like you know, I I remember very clearly one of the first trips going over to Cape Cod. I was coming back. And, uh, you know, and I had like the, I probably had my leather jacket on cause it was cold. I had a full face helmet, um, riding a black motorcycle, you know, and what I considered a badass motorcycle at the time. And, uh, I'm kind of weaving through traffic on the mass turnpike. And there's this, this chick in this cherry red, like little sports car, you know, kind of like going up, going past me. Shattered Chevy Chase moment. (laughs) It's totally, I mean, and that's all I can think of, you know? And so we did this. Kind of playing highway tag. Yeah, Yeah. all the way for probably like 30, 40 miles. Like she'd get way up, so I'd be like, vroom, and I'd like (laughs) jump up there and kind of like get next to her. And she'd just give me the, you know, the little head nod and take off. So, um, but yeah, just little things like that. You're like, oh, 
you know, like, I don't know if she knew I was a chick or not, but <laughs> I was enjoying myself. So, right. that's right. you know, um, but I was just like, I still, to this day, I'll still laugh about that. You know, yeah. it's, it's where when you got off the bike to get some gas, you had a little swagger and you yeah. step, you're like, that's right. That's I, right. I have Holiday Road on my motorcycle playlist because of that. And that every time awesome. it comes on, I, I, I still think of that day. And we will circle to that exactly, too. Like certain a soundtrack, you yep. know, soundtrack for your for your life, for your travels, right? Yep. All right. So Cape, Cape Cod, your first one. You're building up confidence. What what comes next? Where Where's the next, you know, like, so there's, there's your four-hour boundary. What's next? Where do you just say, hey, you know what? This isn't out of the realm of possibility. Let me try. So what happened was I um, I had the Honda Shadow for a couple years. And, you know, like Cape Cod, I would have to stop and kind of stretch my legs because just the position that I was sitting in and whatnot. And uh, I always, like, would, at night, I would look through, like, eBay or Craigslist, you know, just making a wish list. Yep. Now, for those who might not know bikes, the... Shadow's more of a sport bike. Yeah, it's well, it's it's a cruiser, but it's it's like a seven fifty. It's fairly small. Um, it's a great like starter bike. That's mm-hmm. where I steer like a lot right. of women mm-hmm. when they want to start riding. I'm like, this is a great bike to to start on because it's it's kind of small, but it's big enough. But uh, so I've been riding the Shadow, and I love the Shadow. I named it Rosie. You know, my best friend and and therapist, <laughs> and. Uh, so one night on eBay, I see like this uh, Harley Road King, and the Road King has always been like my dream bike. Like f- from like the first time it came out in like '92, like I was like, oh my gosh, I just love this bike. And uh, I was talking to a friend, and I was like, I don't know, like it's it's a lot of money, and I it was it was on an auction. It wasn't even a buy it now, and at the time it was like forty four hundred bucks, and I was like. Everybody's like, ah, oh, it's a scam. Something's going on with mm-hmm. it. Because it was a, a 2000, and it only had like 6,800 miles on it. And this was in 2012. Right, right. So I was like, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And uh, one of my friends was like, you should do it. He goes, you should buy that bike. He goes, that bike's got you written all over it. So, like, I sat in the parking lot after work because I didn't want to miss being, I didn't want to be somewhere where I had no reception. Right. So it got down to like 30 seconds and I dropped like an $8,000 bid on it. And I was like, I had no idea where I was coming up with this money. And I ended up getting it for like 6,600 bucks. Okay. Wow. And uh, everybody's like, oh, that's a scam. There's no way. So the guy calls me the next day. He was like, hey, you bought the motorcycle. He goes, he started it up. And I get it. He could have started any motorcycle. Sure. Right. So uh, it was out in uh, Quincy, Mass, right outside of Boston. So... I was like, hey, you know, like maybe I'll take the train out and I'll ride it back. And he was like, train station's a mile from my house. I'll pick you up. So I'm thinking, you know, like if he was going to scam me, he would probably not be trying to convince me. He wouldn't encourage you to. Right. right. So I quick take out a loan against my retirement because this is the only way I can figure out how to pay for this. Um, Drive out there. I ended up driving out with the trailer. And, uh, you know, the guy started it up. Rode it around the block for me, and I was just like instantly in love. I was like, "This is this is this is my soulmate right here," you know. I'm driving back across the Mass Turnpike. I got it like strapped on the trailer, and truckers are going by like honking, giving me the thumbs up, you know, because it's it's got the the 16 inch apes, and it's all just like dark blue and chrome, and it, it was just a beautiful bike. So that's that's a extremely high 
number two memory on the Bass Turnpike. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Another time of ear-to-ear smiling. Exactly. So for for listeners that don't know, or maybe another woman who's joining motorcycles or thinking about upgrading to a bigger bike, what was the difference in riding style from your, your Honda Shadow to, you know, that bike? The Road King is probably about twice as big. Um, it, it was a big step, and it, and it scared me at the at the time. Um, you have to adapt. You, there's you have there's to definitely adapt. some differences. Yes, but as far as how the Road King rides, it has a for me, it has a great center of gravity. So like, I just felt like I stuck to the road. Like I go down to the Mid Hudson Bridge and like hammer that curve going onto the bridge, and be like, have no fear that I was going to like slip out. Right. I always say, like, my Road King, I feel like I sit in it. Like Not most on it. <laughs> most bikes, I feel like I sit on. But the Road King, it was just like, I felt like I sat in it, and it just, like, was a perfect mesh to to me. Okay, so now you have the Road King. Now you're a little more comfortable. What's the next trip? So I picked up the Road King in December of 2012. So I was like, you know, I got this big bike and this great, you know, this mm-hmm. is made for, like, going. So I was like, I'm going to take this huge trip. So I drove to Oklahoma to my mom's house, which is about, wow. about I think it's about 17, 1800 miles from here. Holy shit. And, uh, How many days did it take you to get down there? Um, I think I took about five to get down there. Um, it's funny because like the first day, like it took me a while to get packed because I really didn't know how to pack. Um, so I didn't actually end up at the time I was living in Hyde Park. I didn't actually leave until around noon. And uh, I got as far as Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Oh, oh man, I'm a badass. I fucking rode like 350 miles today. <laughs> oh, I'm so cool, you know. Um, so I, I rode to my mom's house. I spent a couple days with my mom. And then I made a big loop like down through the south. I saw some friends uh, in South Carolina, came up the tail of the dragon. And uh, so another one of my great, my favorite stories is, so I'm, I'm coming up, I'm getting ready to get off uh, in Asheville, North Carolina to get on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Yep. So I pull over and, and of course, like when I packed this, this bike, like I didn't have a luggage rack on the back. So I just like literally like strapped this bag to the back seat and I had one in, on the seat and one hanging off the back of the seat. Right. <laughs> and, and it's like sliding down, you know, whatever. So I'm I'm turning off uh, right around Asheville to go get on the Blue Ridge Parkway, and and I look in my mirror, and I got a North Carolina State Trooper light me up. Oh boy! And I'm like, oh shit! So like I signal, I tap the top of my helmet and tell him, you know, I'm looking for a place to pull over. So I find like this McDonald's parking lot in a in a shopping center or whatever. I pull over. I got earphones in, and I see he's talking to me, and I'm like, hang on a second, you know, I can't hear you. And I'm like trying to get my license and everything, and he steps out of his, his SUV, steps out, and he's standing on the running board. So he's in between the, the windshield and the door. And he's like, your bag is covering your plate. And I'm like, oh, man. You know, like, I'm like, oh, dang, did that thing slide down again? Like, I didn't know. And I'm like, ah, oh, I've been fighting with it all the time. And I'm trying to get my stuff. And he's like, your bag is covering your plate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, sir. I'll get that. And, like, I go around to, like, try to fix it. 
And he got in his car and drove away. <laughs> that, was, that was it. That was, that was it. it. He just wanted to tell me that my bag was covering my plate. <laughs> I just played about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I always crack up, you know. That was one thing that, like, sticks in my mind. Right. So this is this is how it works, right? So yeah. now, now every time you're growing out, you're getting a story. You're, piece, you're piecing yep. the other story. Now, what I always found to be ballsy as hell is, you don't always stay in hotels when you travel. No, no. Nope. You you have you have a system. You have like a um, what well, I want. I you have like a what is a it? hammock? A hammock type thing that sits there. You do some camping. You yep. Are you have to be nervous at times? In the very beginning, I was because you know you want to believe what the media tells you that it's a bad world out there, right? But it's really not. Um, I have found so many times where people are more than willing to help me. Um, I have had dinner cooked for me so many times when I'm camping. That's awesome. You know, breakfast. I've had people cook me breakfast. Uh, people offer to help me, you know, set up my campsite. It's never Buffalo Bob, though, right? No, no, no. Uh, there's no white, There's no little white dogs involved. Yeah. Put, the put, this, put this lotion on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know... Uh, yeah, like it's you know people are always just more than more than friendly. I was I was out west and uh, I was going to the Petrified Forest in Arizona one one year. I was actually I think it's the year that I did Route sixty six, and uh, I had stopped. I had to make a phone call. I had a couple things that I had to do on a time frame, so I had stopped at the Continental Divide in New Mexico. And there was this cool, like, native uh, mural thing. So I was, I was trying to get my camera set up and take a picture. And these people pulled up in an RV, and they're like, hey, do you, you want us to take a picture for you? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So I get to talking to him. And, and um, of course, I always address everybody, yes, sir, no, ma'am, whatever. And he was like, oh, let me ask you something. He goes, are you, are you military? And I was like, I'm not, but my dad was military. And I said, you know, I, I, that's just how I was raised. Right. And he was like, oh, you, well, you know, we're veterans. And he goes, we're just picking up our sister or somebody. And he goes, you know, do you need to use the bathroom or anything? He says, we got cold water in the RV. He's like, you're more than welcome to come in and cool down because it was a warm day. And I was like, oh, you know, that's really nice. But thank you. I'm good. So they pull out and uh, I had a couple more things I had to do. So I take out probably about 10, 15 minutes after them. And uh, I catch up to them on the road, you know, because they're pulling a huge, you know, like yeah. fifth wheel or whatever. And uh, so I get up next to him, and they're all, like, waving at me, you know. I'm waving, okay. And uh, so I pull off to get gas before I go into the national park and probably got something to eat. So when I go to the national parks, I always try to park the sign in front of the national park sign and get a picture. Yeah. So because I know I'm going to pull my motorcycle up in front of the sign and kind of block the sign, I try to wait till there's not as much of a crowd. So everything kind of cleared out. And uh, so I pull the bike up and get it set and get, you know, my camera and everything. And next thing I know, I was like, hey, you want me to take a picture for you? Well, it's these people, they had pulled in and they were parked off to the side in their RV. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. So they take a picture and they're like, hey, we're just getting ready to have lunch. You want to come in the RV and have lunch with us? And, you know, like at this point, this is still one of my first trips. I'm like. Why the fuck are these people trying to right. try to get me in their RV? I've seen this show before. And I'm like, no, thanks. Like, you know, like the 23 other people you got tied up in there. But, um, but you know, they were just nice people. Genuinely like nice, nice people. Yeah, you know. Now, do you think part of living in New York for a period makes you s- skeptical of hospitality? Because 
New Yorkers by by nature aren't hospitable people. <laughs> like you say, hey, how are you doing? If somebody answers you, fuck you. Want. Yeah, it's a, it's a rhetorical <laughs> question. It's like, hey, how you doing? And you keep it moving. <laughs> right. You don't go, hey, I'm good, and then start yeah, talking. You right. Know? Yeah, it's not about a conversation. I think some of it, but I think you know, like at the time, like you just watch the media, and it's like or movies or whatever. Right. right and, yeah. And all they want to do is show like the bad parts of of humanity. Right. Right. You and I, I think over time, because of common experiences we have. Yeah. Right. You become skeptics of certain things. Right. And, and exactly. It's tough to put that out of your mind. You know, but you know, I've had cases where, like, same thing. I've kind of been traveling on the highway with people, you know, back and forth throughout the day. And if I pull off into a rest area or you know, a pull off off the side of the road to either gear up, gear down, you know, whatever, people will follow me in. They're like, "Hey, you okay? We just want to make sure you're you're good." I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just taking my jacket off or putting my jacket on. Right, right. Okay, you know. Um, but it's just that people kind of look out for you. You know, and in, and in the beginning you think, oh, I'm, I'm a female on a motorcycle. I'm, like, such an easy target right here. But people really aren't that People way. are more aware, of, more, more aware than you really give them credit for? I think so, Yeah. Now you're you're taking trips, right? You're you're driving. You're a woman on a motorcycle. You've just said that numerous right. times. When do you get associated with women in the wind? I your got, chapter, right? You that's I, your... yeah. I got associated with women in the wind, um, right? Probably as I was coming out of my bad relationship, um, I had kind of started. I I was vaguely aware of them because one of my friends back in Oklahoma was a member, and. Uh, Back in 2010, they had a national convention. It was held down at Bethel Woods, the original Woodstock site. And so that's where I first became aware of Women in the Wind. I didn't actually join. To, I contacted them in, after I got the Road King in December of 2012. And I joined in early 2013. Okay, so it's kind of similar to right. that time where you went. Yep, right in the major time frame. Now, so... When we came in, that was the Women in the Wind's official theme song yes, that was written is. for them. Yep. So before this happened, I reached out to him like, any songs you listen? Because we always like try to tie our, our entry song to personal right. personal uh, growth or whatever people really enjoy. And you were like, man, I'm up in the air. And I said, well, let me just go hunting. Yep. And I find it. And then I know it, like, it clicked. I saw yeah. it click. So uh, talk a little bit about what Women in the Wind is exactly. All right. So I got some some stats I'm going to pull up here. Women in the Wind was founded in 1979 uh, by a lady named Becky Brown in Toledo, Ohio. And Becky grew up riding horses. So, you know, in her mind, the, the national natu- natural transition was to go to motorcycles. And her husband at the time was a rider. But there were no female riders. So Becky actually posted an ad in the, the local paper, and she started it. Uh, any female rider, so it started with an A, so it would be at the very top, big, top of the, the, the you know, personal ads. That's perfect. That's yep. awesome. And, uh, you know, she got a handful of women to, to meet up, and they took a ride. And uh, we still actually do that ride every year. It's called the Toledo River Run. And people still will go to Toledo, and Becky hosts them at her house or, you know, in the local area. Oh, nice. And uh, we had our 35th anniversary was hosted by Toledo, and that was our group ride. So there was literally, like, 150 women who did. It was police escorted. It's Um, a lot bigger than one lady starting a club. Was it something to where a few popped out and then a few more, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's, like, this 
this group of women that y'all didn't really know each other existed until until this was formed. Well, yeah, it was like, you know, Toledo formed their chapter, and then I believe there was a chapter in Chicago that formed, then one in Milwaukee, then Susquehanna Valley in, in PA. Right. Um, the chapter I belong to, Black Rose, is actually the first chapter that was formed in New York. Um, but then, yeah, it started it started blossoming. So now we, we are up to almost 1,500 members worldwide. Uh, we have 143 chapters. Uh, we get more probationary. We actually have two in the probationary process right now. They go through a, uh, I believe it's a three or six month probationary process. And we have chapters in nine different countries. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, when you, do you hold any offices with them? Like, are you, or have you held up? Like, do they have offices like that? They do. Um, I started out, uh, I am the road captain for my chapter. Okay. Um, so that just basically means like I'm responsible for, uh, setting up the rides, making sure they're safe, um, making sure everybody's on the same page as far as what hand signals mean, uh, what the route's going to be. Um, as far as the national, probably where am I at? I'm at, I'm in my third year. Uh, I just got reelected. I am the international maintenance officer. Oh, nice. Wow. That's awesome. So from from a little Honda shadow yep. to the international maintenance officer of a woman's you know yeah. riding group. Well, and Women in the Wind is the largest women's riding organization in the world. Ladies of Hog actually have a bigger membership, but we actually have a riding requirement. You have to possess a valid motorcycle license to be a member. Right. So, so, so now, <laughs> how many people? And we'll go now. We're gonna we're just gonna blow the doors off this thing, right? So you take your short trip. You took your kind of your bigger trip down to Oklahoma and circled around. Now for our listeners, you've hit all fifty states. I have. You've yeah. hit all fifty, and and it was it was you had to try in time to hit the yes uh, the last the last two there. Yep. Um, Pat gave some good gifts along the way too. I did. I did. You know, I try. I try to hook up the people who who help me out. I got some Elvis memorabilia for it. Yep. Yeah, in the shot glass. Yep. And a picture of my bike parked in front of Graceland. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> yep. I've gotten it from the Redwoods where yep. she was in the Redwoods. I was like, oh man, I want to be in the Redwoods. So now, obviously, you've gone. You've hit all fifty states. You've done some of these where you meet up with people and ride, but a lot of people don't understand or. People listen to this. You've done a lot of these trips solo. Yeah, all all of my tri- all of my trips are mostly set up solo, and I'll reach out to various chapter members along the way and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm coming through. You want to hook up and ride?" Um, there's a couple people that uh, I'm always good for a couple days with. You know, my good friend Carol down in San Diego is we adventure extremely well together, um, and she's a big national park. Uh, you know, geek like me. So we will set up a trip just to go from like national park to national park to national park. Um, my friend Christy out in Vegas is always good for, Hey, I'm flying into Vegas. You know, she'll be like, okay, she'll set up a ride and she'll get all the girls in Vegas together, you know, to come out and ride with me. Um, I've ridden with Christy from, I met up with her in the grand Tetons one time we were coming from Sturgis. She came up from Vegas. We met in the grand Tetons and uh, I rode all the way up into Canada with her, wow. for, you know, cool. to to one of the Canadian rallies. But before I put you on the spot, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever come across anybody 
famous in the motorcycle world or um or famous in general uh you know, not i should say not really for sure like becky brown is like friends with willie g yeah. you know like the harley davidson man um before he passed but um you know you you meet a lot of other like um bloggers and and podcaster type mm-hmm. people out there um but yeah, it's you know like people are pretty much just they leave you to do your thing and and uh, you do your your own thing. I'm assuming from all walks of life too. Yeah, you've probably met the most professional of professionals down to your average working man. Yep, absolutely. That's down awesome. and below the working man. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, have, strangely enough, that's like what makes me the most nervous is like the homeless people because when I travel, I you know have all of my luggage and right, stuff, right. And, they, and they know. Um, but they're just. It's chill too. They're like, oh, hey, you know, that's that's cool, man. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure. Now, one thing we've talked about, and I had never really heard of it or had it explained to me until you and I had the conversation, was geocaching. Yeah, I oh, love geocaching. Yeah, hey, we we've had this discussion too. We've yeah. done a Cape Cod one together. Yep. Well, same the same so, Cape Cod. Yeah, one. that's <laughs> that to me is so cool. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, a lot of times, yeah, we'll geocache my friends from PA that sometimes I'll, I'll ride over to see them. And that's what we'll do is, you know, we'll go around and geocache. And they're a little more into it than I am. Like, they're they're all about collecting because when you get a geocache in a new state, you get a, a state souvenir sticker that, you know, goes on your, your page, on your, your yeah. geocache page. But, yeah, they're all about collecting, like, the states and whatnot. But, um, you know, I... I got one when I was in New Zealand. That's you know, cool. I've I got a few in Hawaii. I've gotten some in Alaska. So yeah, and for our listeners, so so you're aware, geocaching. You get it's an app you yep. download on your phone, and basically, it's like a worldwide treasure hunt. Yep. And you kind of you can some of them are you're just filling out like a log, mm-hmm. and you put it back, and other ones like you'll take something like you'll put a button from your riding club in, yep. and you'll take a wristband or something from somewhere else. Yep. Uh, so they're, they're pretty awesome. Like I've, I found them locally right here yep. in Saugerties. Oh, I found yeah, them there's... in Cape Cod. I found them all over. So it's, it's a free thing. Yep. Um, yeah, there's some that you can pay to right. do, but, but you don't have to, you don't have to. There is one to tie into our very, our next episode, which will come out on Thursday. There's one called field of dreams or something with the ball. Yeah. So talk about that one a little bit. So there, uh, there was a guy that had put out um, a series of caches, and and everybody has like a secret name, so nobody knows who you know any anybody is that does them. So this guy had put out a series of caches based on New York State prisons. Okay. Right, and and it was really great because like sometimes they just have a description of like what you're looking for, but this guy would write a whole story. Like he had been in this prison, and he was writing a story. So. Um, this particular one called Field of Dreams was across the river in uh, out by Salt Point. And he was like, oh, you know, looking out over this field reminds me of whatever prison he'd been in. And he's writing this whole big, long story. So you kind of get wrapped up in it. And uh, so you go and it's it's like you see this big wheat field. So, you know, you're like, OK, Field of Dreams. And you're like, OK, are they referencing the wheat field or are they referencing the baseball or whatever? And and I'm looking and I'm looking, you know, like they joke, you know, it's it's a geocache thing. They say your geosense is kind of like your spidey senses. Like you start to know where to kind of look for things. So I'm looking around this tree and it's got a split. I'm looking in it. And all of a sudden I look down and there's this ratty old baseball, like sitting, like, like it had gotten lost in between the rocks. And I was like, hmm, 
So I reached down, I pick it up, and it had been drilled out, and there was a container that had been set in the drilled out part, and then it was sitting like down to where you didn't see the container part. And I pulled it out, and sure enough, it had the log in it. And you, you just sign the log with your secret name and roll it back up, stick it back in the little aluminum tube, shove it back in the baseball, and put it back on the ground. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is so, so cool. Yeah, just it so is. It's innocuous. a good time. It's yeah. a really good time to do that stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's a good fun. one. It, it's and fun. it's a good yeah. way to burn a lot of time. A lot of times, like, if I don't feel like going to the gym and working out, but I want to get out and, and do something, right. like, I'll go, you know, to Falling Waters. There's a bunch down at yep. Falling Waters. Yep. Or, you know, down by Ulster Landing Park, there's a bunch... And I'll right. just, you're hiking and they're, and they're while you're looking back. for stuff. Right, and they're yeah. way back on the trail. So, yeah. you know, I'll I'll take a, a three-mile hike and try to pick up a couple geocaches. That is so cool. Yeah. Have you ever been scared shitless on a trip? Um, I, I have. I, I, I call them my come-to-Jesus moments, right? <laughs> so my first come-to-Jesus moment was uh, in the desert in California. Um, and I just really had no concept. And I mean, like, I grew up in Oklahoma, so I'm used to hot and like brutal hot. And uh, that was a different kind of heat. Huh? It, it was completely different. I had left uh, Needles, California later in the day than I should have. And uh, I was like, well, I'm going to get to this. I'm looking at the map because I still always travel with an actual map. Oh, Christ, it's only two inches away. We'll be in there. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I realized how far it was, but it was a good-sized dot on the map. So I thought that there was something there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I get there, and it's like literally a ghost town. Like, the town is gone. <laughs> only thing that's there is Roy's Cafe, which is from the movie Californication. Holy oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? But it's a gas station. It's open. They're remodeling it and, you know, reviving it and everything. And literally, I'm probably about 10 miles out. I'm on Route 66. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And I'm, like, just getting overheated. Like, to the point where I'm looking at the odometer going, okay, nine miles. I can do nine miles. And, like, to the point where I feel like I'm... I literally pulled in and there was, like, this German tour group. So, they're all under the canopy. I have to park in the blazing sun. I literally just rolled the bike in got the kickstand down and went inside and like almost passed out at the counter. Like I'm just chugging Gatorade, drinking water. And, uh, I remember looking, they had a thermometer on the wall and it was, I want to say it was 109.2 when I got there. And I sat there probably about an hour trying to recover and it was 112.6. And I was like, I got to get out of here because it, and it wasn't even noon yet. It's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse and worse. So, I was headed down to Joshua Tree, so I I got going and like I'm listening to the bike and I'm I'm hearing the motor ping and I was like, man, if if it gives out, I'm just gonna die right here on the side. It was literally, you know, like nothing but sand and like the heat shimmers. You know, there wasn't hardly no. any cars, nothing. I was yeah. like, was the motor really pinging? Yeah, or? okay, yeah, it was. Um, because oh I had sat long enough at Roy's that it cooled down because it wouldn't even start back up. Like it was so overheated, so. Wow. I get down to Joshua Tree and I, I go in the, the visitor center and I was like, hey, is it cooler up in the park? And they're like, yeah, it's, you know, it's probably about, you know, 96. I was like, I'll take it. 96 so better like than 50 one. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know that my motorcycle is going to start. It's really hot, but I'm going to try to get up into the park. So I went outside. The, the bathrooms were outside. I took my shirt off, drenched it in the sink, didn't even wring it out, put it back on, buttoned my vest up over it. And took off, and I got up in into Joshua Tree, and I found a, a shady spot, and I sat there until almost the sun went down, 
And then, then I came out and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you were like, uh, Pat, you dumbass, you cannot, yeah. you know, test nature. And the, yeah. bike, and the bike thanked you as well. Yes. Yeah, the bike was like, thank, you. Uh, and thank the, you. And then the other thing that really sticks out in my mind was I was coming back across Canada. And uh, I had been riding, well, I'd, I'd actually started in Newberry, Michigan, gone up through Sault Ste. Marie and was cutting across to, cause it's actually quicker to go across Canada. Mm. So in my mind, I was like, if I get to Montreal by like eight o'clock, I'm going home because it's only like another four hours. Yeah. Yep. So I think I got to Montreal probably around nine 30 and I was like, fuck it. I'm going home. <laughs> like, you know, like I couldn't read shit. Everything was in French. Like <laughs> I pulled up to like a toll booth. I was like, I don't even know how much money it is here. I just handed the lady a wad of Canadian money. Like, I don't even know how much it's this is. Way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, just, I, I just want to get back across the border. Um, so I get across the border and, and I'm on 87 and I'm heading South and uh, this guy's just riding my ass. Like, lights are blinding me. Now, it's probably 10.30 at night. I left Newberry, Michigan, which is an hour time difference at 7.30 in the morning. It's 10.30 at night. Needless to say, you could be a little grumpy at this point. I could be a little grumpy. I was definitely tired. And uh, this guy, I'm literally yelling over my shoulder at this guy, like, get off my ass. Like, he was just really, like, too close, too fast. And in the dark, it's hard on a motorcycle because the lights are, will really blind you. Yeah. yeah. So I see a sign for a gas station. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull off and I'll get gas. And then this way I don't got to worry about, you know, what's going to be open in the middle of the night. So... I go to hit the exit ramp, and all of a sudden, there's no road. Like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on gravel, right? Oh, boy. Like, construction gravel. Oh, boy. And now I'm thinking, oh, shit, I bailed off on a closed ramp because I was too busy worried about this guy behind right. me. I didn't see the signs. But it was just that they had just, like, chunked out the pavement. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, fuck. And, and my bike is, like, loaded to, to the max, you know? Um. So literally, um, I see in my mind, like, I saw the bike going down in my mind. Like, I saw how it was going to play out, how my shit was going to get, you know, scattered yep, like yep. A, oh, a yard sale. And uh, so I just let off the throttle and just kind of let the momentum take it out. And I get to the top, and then it's milled pavement, which sucks, too. Yeah. So I Because now in, it's here, yeah. dragging <laughs> you wherever it wants. So I pull into this Valero, and it, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And I literally got off and I was like shaking. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, people are like looking at me. Like I filled up and I pulled the bike over and I just sat on the curb for like 20 minutes. I was like, oh my God, I just about died. Like that was probably the closest that I thought I was going to going down. I was just like, oh my God. Because <laughs> it, it was dark. I couldn't see anything. I was like, oh my God, what did you do, you idiot? What did you do? Right. <laughs> Now, how many bikes do you currently own? <laughs> well, currently I own um, six. See? So we went from a Honda wow. Shadow and a Road King to now we got four more. Yeah. Um, a couple of my project bikes. Um, I had one. I was engaged to a girl down in Florida, and so I had a bike that I kept down there. So when we broke off the engagement, I brought that bike back. Um, so it's really one that just needs to be sold. Uh, I got... My original Road King, which is still my heart and soul, but uh, I blew that one up. And uh, I remember that. Yeah, 
uh, and I just couldn't let it go. So uh, it actually blew up in Nebraska, and I managed to get it all the way back here. <laughs> um, and I, I have uh, my good friend Pearl down in Jersey. She switched from two wheels to three. She rides a spider now. So I've followed her. Like, we adventured a lot before she had a back injury. So when she was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm selling Maybelline, I was like, oh, you, you can't just sell that to anybody. Like that's, that's like family. Right. So I ended up buying that from her just to like, keep it, keep it in the family, you know? So, uh, and then I got a couple, I got actually, I got an 84 Honda Goldwing bobber. I remember when you got that one. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember. So, so that's a project sitting in the barn. Um, and I still got the Honda shadow, you know, can't go. Yeah. Now, I've heard you refer to a few by names. Is that something as a biker you do? You name it just like people name their boats. Yeah. Name your. Yeah. Yeah. Most people do. Uh, so uh, I love like 1940s pinup girls. Okay. So mine. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> so so my my shadow was Rosie. Okay. Uh, my first road king was Mabel, and my current one, uh, my ultra limited that I ride now is Grace. Grace, nice. Do you ever hop out on the shadow anymore? I don't. It hasn't run in a couple years. Oh, it kind of okay. it kind of got pushed to the side. But uh, I do want to get it running because I know there are a couple newer riders that are looking to try out different bikes, and I would like to be able to say, "Here, you know, take take this one and you know give it a go." So it's it's on the it's on the list of projects to do is to to get it back up and going. Nice. Now, before we get, uh, you know, to this, we could talk all day about okay. the places you've been. And there is one, one awesome thing that I know you do. Um, we've well, had a couple. I, I have, uh, we're going to put her on the spot here. So, oh, well, we've had a couple <laughs> friends, uh, colleagues that have passed along the way. Yep. And they, they make the trip with you. Yep. Yep. I keep, uh, you know, the, the people that, that mean a lot to me and, and, you know, some of those that were riders too. Yeah. Um, I keep their cards, you know, in my vest, and they, they travel with me wherever I go. Um, this is my way of, of saying I'm not going to forget, you know, like they're they're always going to be on that eternal ride. Yeah. Right, and, 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 and some of that, uh, colleagues and friends of ours that have passed and you do that, encouraged you in, in their passing, encouraged you to take that next further step to, yeah. to get to those spots. Um, and before we put her on her spot, we'll, we'll touch on that. We, we've talked on a podcast about two weeks ago, how if something happened today, you have no regrets. Oh, well you have no regrets on travel. Like you, if we are so impressed with the fact that if you want to go there, you arrange it, you go. Right. Like you said, you're going to ride in all 50 States. You rode in all 50 States. You rode through the Canadian provinces. Not for nothing. That in and of itself takes guts. Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of, Listen, I've thought of a lot of things I love to do in life, and the only thing stopping me is me. Right. And you've overcome that obstacle time and time again, and that and, says a lot. And, and for a lot of people, that is. You know, I've, I've given seminars at our international conferences for Women in the Wind on, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I'd love to do what you do. And I was like, you, you can. Like, anybody can do what I do, okay? Maybe you can't do it on the scale that I do it. But well, you started but if, with a little with a right, four hour ride. But if you want to do it, it's just a matter of taking X amount of money out of your paycheck every week and setting it aside, looking at how much time you can feasibly take off and seeing what you want to do. But like anybody can do what I do. It's right. not it's not like 
I won the lottery and I get to go do what I want. Like I work for it, but anybody can do that if they want to do it. True. And, and also like more recently you fly to a place and then rent a bike and you're like, well, I want to see this particular spot. Right. Oh, well it's in Seattle, Washington. No problem. I'll fly to Seattle. I'll rent a bike and then I see it that way. Right. You don't have to drive from New York to Seattle. Right. Right. And yeah, there, there's, there's ways to go around it. Right. There's a great company. It's called Eagle Rider. Uh, I've been a member with them for, I think, about eight years now. You pay a monthly fee. With that monthly fee, you accrue one rental credit. Um, so, like, I fly into Vegas. So that Vegas, I walk into the shop in Eagle Rider in Vegas, and they're like, oh, hey, Pat. Like, they know me because I fly right. and ride out of there a lot. But um, So, a lot of times, I can run a bike for 10 days for under 200 bucks. That's right. Wild. Yeah, that's you crazy. Know? Awesome. And, and a lot, because I like... I like to ride. Like, I don't want to just go to the destination. So I'll fly into Vegas and I'll ride to San Diego or I'll fly into Vegas and I'll ride to Yosemite um, just to get a nice, a nice ride. And like, I'll bring their bikes back, you know, with 2000 miles on it. And, and they're like, you know, we love it. We love it when people actually take the bikes and actually ride them. Instead of 200 miles. Right. Yeah. Because they have to service, they have to do a full service on it. Every time, no matter Every what. time it comes back in, no matter what. So yeah. they're like, we love it. You take them and, and you use them and, and they you need, give them something to do. They, need, they actually <laughs> yeah. need the service when they right. come back. Right. Right. No, that's awesome. And I'm glad, I'm glad you got to plug that. And she's gone from the hammock to now you just stayed at a really kick-ass Airbnb. You were telling me. Oh about. yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit of everything. Yep. Yeah. It depends on who I'm traveling with. Yep. Um, a lot of times I camp when I'm by myself because a, a lot of the, the people that I travel with are not. My friend Christy in Vegas is always down to go camping with me, and, <laughs> and I love that. We've camped in Glacier National Park together. Um, my friend Carol is not so much, but she's a Girl Scout leader, and she was like, you know, I'm trying to push these girls out of their comfort zone. So if I, I, if I'm, I guess if, I have to. Right? If, yeah, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm going to talk the talk, i got to walk the walk. So um, last fall we camped in Yellowstone, and we camped uh, we camped quite a few places. You know, she's like, I'm going to give this a shot, but I don't think I like it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, whatever. Like, if I can find, like, out west, sometimes you can find, like, kind of dirtbag motels. You know, they're just not updated, but right. you can pick them they're, up. For a like, clean hotel. That's all you need. Yeah, like 35 40 bucks. Place to rest your head and take yep. a shower and get rolling um, the next day. Yeah, so, you know, if I can get a, a hotel for like 35 40 bucks, I will. The one that you told me about in Vegas where it was the wall of the bed and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that was, that was a skeevy Motel 6. Yeah. But, um, Not a plug. Don't yeah, stay there. No. Um, but, yeah, but like my friends were coming out from South Carolina and, and they had never been to Joshua Tree, so... You know, I found, like, this awesome Airbnb. We were originally supposed to be splitting it four ways. We ended up splitting it in, in half, basically them and me. But um, but it was it was just, like, this beautiful place. And, like, we just rode in and, like, had a barbecue and just, like, chilled. Now, aside from the ride itself, do you, like, I'm a, obviously I'm a foodie. Right. When I go to a certain area, if they're known for something, you got to try it. Have you picked up anything like that along the way, too? Um. No, like our, our, my big thing is like national parks, like, yep. uh, women in the wind, they have a, uh, a, a contest that it's the national parks patch. So if you visit and, uh, national parks have like a cancellation stamp. So if you visit and you get, uh, 15 cancellation stamps, you get a national parks patch. So it's kind of set up like the national park logo, but with our logo on it. Um, so 
and it has like stars on it. So like 15, you get the, the patch. 30, you can color in one of the stars. 45, you know. So like I was the first person to like max out the patch at like 77. That's awesome. So then my friend Carol was the first one to 100. So they had to make another little patch that kind of sews on the corner. So then I think I was the first one to 200. Oh, my God. So and me It becomes Carol, a competition. Yeah, so me and Carol have both hit 300. Basically, I think I actually got there first, but she got her submitted first to 300. Now we're both almost to 400. The race to four continues. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, but, you know, like they have, like, fun little things like that, you know, that, that kind of keep people going. But, like, national parks are, are kind of, like, what we like to do. Yep. Um, but there are people who travel. They do, uh, you know, they do breweries. They do, you know. <laughs> Not endorsing drinking. No. Driving, but, <laughs> well, you no. know, a lot of times, like, like <clears throat> in the evening, like, when you're, sure. you're done for the night, you'll go. Um, I'm not a huge drinker, so I don't ever drink on the bike but you know like some people like if you you can handle a beer why you know like well, you were just out in, in california i mean the wineries i can right. imagine there's amazing yeah, them yeah there. exactly and there's there's a lot of different um different chapters do different things like there's a chapter in vegas they do like a taco challenge so it's like the same thing you ride around and you get your picture taken in front of like 10 or 15 different like you know taco places and you get a little patch oh that's cool um We've done an ice cream challenge a couple years in a row where, you know, you go and you, you get your picture taken in front of an ice cream place, <laughs> you know. And actually, my ex won that competition with, like, 600 and some ice oh cream stocks. Got to live in the South. Yeah, Tons of ice cream. Yeah. yeah, she's in Florida. Yeah, hook so, up with Dave Portnoy and do the pizza place challenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, the one bite challenge. That's right. So, like, last year we did um, firehouses. So, you know, you ride oh, around, cool. you stop in front of a firehouse, and there's a, you know, a tag picture that you got to have in there with you. You take a picture of your bike with, you know, this picture in it. And, right. You know. Um, so we do a lot of fun little things like that. Um, and everybody kind of has their own little thing, what they like to see. That's so. cool. That's nice. Well, now I'm going to put her on the spot. Uh-oh. All right, this top five will be brought to you by Pat Metters, Woman in the Wind. We go, this. so this is a segment we do weekly. We go five to one. This week, the five most beautiful places you've seen on your motorcycle, starting with number five. Hmm. Wow. You're going to have to, you're. We're... Number five, I would probably say is the Florida Keys. Florida Keys? Yep. Um, just that ride out to Key West is it can be aggravating because of the traffic, but it's such a beautiful ride. Like when you get the seven mile bridge and it's just like the ocean is on uh, either side of you. Um, just, it's really, you know, Florida's flat and a lot, you know, you kind of think uninteresting, but like when you get down towards the Everglades and you see like all the different animals and like the alligators and shit, it's, you know, keep, don't keep, stop here. Yeah, keep, Otherwise keep, I'm just speed bumps. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd say probably the Florida Keys. Number four? Number four. Uh, I would have to say probably somewhere out around uh, Saguaro National Park, Tucson. Arizona. Uh, Arizona. Yeah. Um, kind of that whole band right into, like, Joshua Tree, Southern California. Um, just, again, it's just, like, the varied terrain of you go, and it's just, like, 
sand and browns and oranges and like when the sun starts to rise or set like you just get like some incredible colors in the sky so that's pretty cool yep number three number three i would say probably rocky mountain national park in colorado nice um what time of year did you go uh, I've been there uh, three different times. Uh, I've been there in the early spring when I was in college. Um, and I've been there in the midsummer. Um, but riding up to the Trail Ridge Road, like, you know, you're literally, you're riding two miles above sea level, you know, and it's just, you get up there and it's, you can just see forever. Just, just a beautiful, beautiful place. Wow. Yeah. Number two. Uh, number two, I would say is probably going to be, it's going to be a toss up between Glacier National Park and Crater Lake. We'll just call it a tie. Yep. (laughs) In, in Oregon. Uh, those are two of, of my top favorite destinations. Um, Crater Lake is just the water in Crater Lake is just like this color that you just, you can't believe like it's a natural color and Crater Lake is, it's 100% snow melt. There's no inlet. There's no outlet. It's an actual volcano that blew like 8,000 years ago. But they've done like water quality tests to see like the clarity. And you can see with your naked eye over 100 feet deep that's into the water. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. And, and Glacier is just like what I picture like the Swiss Alps would be, you know, yep. just incredible. And your number one? Uh, my number one is going to be probably Banff, Alberta, Canada. I am so jealous. I've seen <laughs> pictures. I was just recently talking about that with somebody. Again, the water looks like a color you couldn't make up. Yeah, you, you, you can't. And it's just, um, it's it's just like this surreal landscape for us. You know, like I'm sure like it's, I mean, the Canadians are very proud of that too. But um, for like us going up there, like we're just seeing dirty Hudson. Right. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and you go and like the water's like in, when the melt-off's coming out of the glaciers, it's like turquoise blue. And you're like, what is going on here? It's, Be afraid to touch it like you're going to ruin something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, but it's just an incredible ride up through there. And there's um, like you get up like by Radium Hot Springs. And it's literally, they have like, it's probably an Olympic-sized swimming pool and it's hot springs. Oh, that's awesome. Oh you know, you can you can rent a bathing suit. We didn't do that. We had our own. But you can, like, go and just, like, sit in these, these hot springs. And the pools are, like, you know, two and a half, three feet deep. So you get in there and get a good soak and just sit there, like, all day in, in the oh hot springs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So I know, knowing you personally, I know you take a lot of pictures. Yep. You do a lot of stuff. Your YouTube page probably is not as updated as you like, but what? How could people find you on YouTube or anything uh, like that? They can find me on YouTube and um, Facebook at Hopeless Wanderer Adventures. Um, when I'm traveling, I try to post uh, a little three, four-minute video of where I'm at and what I've been doing. And uh, like if I'm at a, a, a battlefield, I'll give a little history of what happened during the battle or you know why someplace is important. But um, I've got close to, I think, 160, 170 videos up on YouTube. Nice. That's cool. Now we're going to put the poll question up for the 24 cross media. Do you want to see this documentary that I've been hounding you about? (laughs) And I think, I think the answer is yes, because the amount of pictures you have, it's just a matter of breaking it down, right? Right. Yeah. Pictures, stories, putting it together. Yeah. Just encapsulating, you know, that first ride to Cape Cod. Right. 
I mean, we, we, we're here an hour and we can't touch on, we, we barely scratch the surface of the things you've seen right. and done and places you've been. Like you just said, some of the old war memorials. Yeah. How about national park? You know, like, um, I'm sure you've seen, um, uh, the four Mount uh, Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. You know what yep. I mean. Like, you you see national monuments. Yeah. You know, Statue of Liberty is an easy one because we're here, but you know, probably the 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 arc arch in um, St. Louis. Louis. Yeah, yep. places like that. Yep. Um, I've actually been to. I think there's maybe only about five of the actual national parks. There's 57, I think, actual national parks. Um, I, there's only a handful that I haven't been to. Um, and then, you know, then there's also national monuments and national bo- battlefields right. and seashores and recreation areas, um, all of those. But sounds like more goals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I said, you know, like me and my friend Carol, like that's how we plan our route, you know, and, and even me, like when I'm just going by myself, like the two things that always factor into what kind of a trip I'm going to have is what women in the wind event can I hit in the process and what national parks or, or monuments can I go see? So right. I'll, I plan my trip, you know, like the first trip I did when I went to Oklahoma, I looped back. Our national convention was in Washington, D.C. So that was that was so my, you made that loop. I made that right. loop and hit D.C. and then hit the convention, which is usually three days and then came home after that. So right now, is there anywhere somebody could look up if they're a, a, a new to riding female that wants to join the club? Yep. Where would where would they find the information for that? Um, they can go to women in the Okay. And they will have all the, the information there. There's a private page that you have to be a member to get to, but the public page will tell you who the officers are, who you can reach out to, and I believe it lists all of the chapters. So you can go and look by your state and see if there's a chapter in your area that that you can reach out to, and it'll give you their contact information to be able to reach out to them and uh, start the process if you're interested. Sounds good. Awesome. Now, do you have? Uh, do you want to do these? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You want to bring her full circle back to Oklahoma now? <laughs> we can bring her back to Oklahoma. Uh, so we do this little skit called, and we can edit this and maybe. <laughs> Welcome. Stately to definitions. Stately definitions. Now the first one actually was not a it's it was on Urban Dictionary and that's where I get a lot of the info oh, from. No. But it was actually um very well written and there's nothing bad in this one. And the Oklahoma State University did come up. Um but it says a college located in Stillwater, Oklahoma, known for their great wrestling program which holds 34 rest, uh which holds 34 national championships. OSU was also a good at basketball and they are improving greatly in football. Apparently we know they were very uh no, no, that was your high school with softball. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they are part of one of the best conferences known as the Big 12. Yes, sir. All right. All right, so that's the nicest one you're getting there. <laughs> that's the only nice one. <laughs> now, on to the debauchery. <laughs> oh, boy. The Oklahoma credit card. Oh, yeah, no, I have no clue. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking sliding it through the crack. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, length of hose, tubing, et cetera, used to siphon gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's see. Although I will say the first time I got my gas cap stolen was outside the monastery in Woodstock. <laughs> Jesus. There's <laughs> nothing sacred? No. <laughs> the Oklahoma car wash. Now, this one gets a little more. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the act or the process of washing oneself in a gas station or truck stop's bathroom sink with paper towels and hand soap. The process usually only covers the face, neck, underarms, and chest. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've probably done that. <laughs> <laughs> the quick hey, when you're traveling, water. you have to. You do. Yep. The Oklahoma. I know. That is a homeboy from Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, I got two left. Wait, is it two? Yep. The Oklahoma wash rack. This is something that a drunk Winnie would do. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma wash rack is when you wipe your ass on a hotel bedroom curtain. <laughs> oh. Uh, That's going to be the Oklahoma outlaw now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, just Oklahoma, home of the quake NATO, one of the few places in the world where two natural disasters happen at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's funny because uh, when I grew up there, there was never earthquakes there. You right. know, you, you didn't ever hear that. Tornadoes, yes, that's like just a given. But my mom actually was trying to get earthquake insurance, and you can't get earthquake insurance until you've gone three days without an earthquake. And she can't get earthquake insurance. There's an earthquake almost every day in Oklahoma. That's really it's that yeah. frequent, huh? Yeah, a lot of them you don't feel, but they right. register. But it's um, and it's you know they say it's probably due to all the fracking. They're going in and they're hydrofracking the oil, yep. and it's causing such uh, instability in the in the surface structure that plate shifts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, causing all the earthquakes. Yeah, yeah that's like, wild. Not being from being from New York, my my the most famous Oklahoman I I could think of would be probably Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, yeah. I've, I've Jr. Huh? Surprised you didn't say Jr. Jim Ross. Oh, good old Jr. Everybody <laughs> loves Jim Ross. Um, I've actually been past the Mickey Mantle okay. uh, Memorial in, uh, and it it looks like if you're just reading it, it looks like it's in Miami, Oklahoma. But don't ever go to Miami, Oklahoma, and say Miami. It's Miami. 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 Now, um, what would be who would be some famous Oklahomans we may not know? Um, Blake Shelton's an Oklahoman. Okay. Um, uh, Carrie Underwood is an Oklahoman. Two good-looking people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, uh, Will Rogers. Okay. The comedian. Uh, he's uh, one of the famous Oklahomans. Uh, Wiley Post, who was a pioneer in aviation. Okay. Is an Oklahoman. Um. Gosh, there's T. Boone Pickens, who uh, the Oklahoma State University Stadium is named after. Okay. Uh, is an Oklahoman. So Wealth of knowledge over and here. Now, yeah. And you now, say, who's famous New Yorkers? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> now, and now Pat Matters. Yeah. And, well, working on it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're blazing a trail, that's for uh, sure. You know, I'm doing my thing, you know, like we, we've said so many times, like we've we've sat at funerals together and, and talked about you know, geez, this guy was just waiting to retire to, right. to get to this. And, you know, I always said, like, there there was one that really stuck in my mind a few years ago, and I was just like, you know, I don't want you guys sitting at my funeral one day going, man, she was just waiting to retire. Yeah. I, I want I want you guys to be like, that bitch would get on her motorcycle, and we don't know where she'd end up. That's, that's right. it. That's And that's it. You know. Um, not not a regret is if, if something were to happen today, is there somewhere you haven't gotten to that you'd really – like it's next on the bucket list kind of thing? Um, well, back in 2020, when COVID broke, I was actually in New Zealand riding. <laughs> and uh, the plan was we were going to be in New Zealand for, well, me and my friend from Canada, we were doing New Zealand separate, and we were supposed to meet in Australia and spend three weeks riding Australia. 
And of course, COVID broke uh, basically as soon as I got to New Zealand and we couldn't get into Australia. So that's, that's still kind of on the bucket list. Um, there's still plenty of writing in Canada I would like to do. Uh, there's lots in the U.S. still that I want to see. I mean, as much as, as much as I have seen, there's still so much more. Um, Mexico kind of scares me. Like, I don't really want to ride Mexico, but there is a road that goes all the way down to Tierra del Fuego, which is the southern tip of, uh, South America. And, and wow. I, would, I would love to, you know, take one of those adventure trips and just like go. Yeah. Um, there's a road that runs from the, the South Africa and it goes all the way up to um, the top of Russia. And, wow. it, and it's actually one continuous road right. that, that goes all the way. So, you know, like things like that. You might not like, want to go on that one just now. Yeah. No. <laughs> not, not without some ballistics. Yeah. But, you, can, uh, you can hook up in Mitch and go to like Yemen. Yeah. <laughs> some crazy well, you know, fucking spot. And it's, it's funny, like me and Mitch talk all the time, you know, like how we how we end up in like strange places. But, right. you know, he's another one that's like, you know, I'm just going to go and do it. Yeah. You know? And you have to. You yep. have to do it. Yeah. Yep. And he's had some. He brought in some really cool ass pictures too. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's been some yeah. some really cool places. Like he was in um, he was in literal literal militarized zones where yeah, like, get the fuck out of here, like, get killed. N- normal oh, yeah. normal people wouldn't go. Yeah, no. he just wandered in. He's like, like, this ain't shit. I live in Newburgh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what y'all doing in here? <laughs> yeah. So so that's 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 what's left on the table. What's what's exactly next? Where you have a you have your next trip planned? Um, I'm actually in May in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be flying out to Vegas again. Um, we're I'm doing an event called Ride California, which is put on by our California chapters. They all get together every year and they vary it somewhere in the state of California. So it's going to actually be up in Bishop, California. Um, so I'm meeting up with my friend Carol. We're going to take a couple days, do a couple national park stops, and and then get up to Bishop and and hang with the girls for a few days, and then I'll ride back to Vegas. Then after that, in July, we go to Wisconsin for our summer international convention. So I'll probably come to work loaded down and, and leave out as soon as I get out at the, in the morning and, and head out towards Wisconsin. Awesome. And uh, actually that one I think my mom's going to drive up for because now my mom – is like an honorary women in the wind member. Like people know, and they don't know her name. They just say, Hey, scouts, mom, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, she loves coming and and hanging out with, uh, with the biker chicks. Then I have pretty much the whole month of September. So I'm going to go back to Oklahoma. We have an event there that's called Motok, which is Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Kansas. So it's a kind of a mid America regional event. So I'm going to go to that, and then from there, I'm going to actually ride up through Yosemite, up into Oregon, drop down the Oregon coast. The California chapters have a lighthouse challenge, so you have to hit, like, 12 different lighthouses on the way down. So I'm going to come down to San Diego, pick up my friend Carol. We're going to go to Flagstaff for uh, our Southwest meetup, or Southwestern Roundup is what they call it out there in Flagstaff. And then I'm just going to haul ass back. I got about four days to get back into work. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Well, as, as you, as we said, when this opened, it's very hard to track you down and stop you. So we are very uh, grateful that you 
decided to come here and take an hour of your time and spend it with the outlaws. Hell yeah. No, absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. You know, I, I love to talk about my trips and, you know, we both, you know, independently, I talk with both of you, yep. you know, quite a bit. And, and I know you've heard probably, you know, 90% more of my stories than, than we even got to touch on here. So I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's just, it's amazing um, to hear everything and it, inspirational. Like people should really, Look inward and say, "Listen, if this is something I want to do, then let's do it." Right, and that's yeah. and you know, and that's the that's the the main gist that I always try to project with people. Like, I will always sit, like at national conventions, if people have questions, listen, I'll sit and talk with you and and talk you through like how you can start planning this or how you can make your route. You know, um, one thing I remember, we were up in Calgary in 2018, and one of my friends from North Carolina had ridden her spider, and she's like in her seventies, she'd ridden a spider up there by herself and she was nervous about, or she'd come up with a group and she had to go back by herself and she was nervous. I said, don't worry. I said, let's just sit down. We sat at the hotel, uh, computer. And I said, how far do you want to ride every day? And she, she gave me a number and I was like, okay, so we're just going to map quest that we're going to plug in day by day. I'm going to get you to a destination every night and just check in with me. When you get back in the States, just shoot me a text. Hey, I got to my destination today. Let me know. And she made it all the way home, no issues. And she was like, thank you so much. She's like, I would have never known how to figure that out. You can do it. I said, see, yeah. I told you you could do it. It's just a matter of, like you said before, overcoming your fear and saying, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know? Right. Yep. So. One last question. Most miles in one day. 1,124. My God. I went from York, Pennsylvania to... Lawrence, Kansas. Wow. And the only reason I stopped in Lawrence is because it was probably about 1030 at night and it was starting. I've seen thunder in the, you know, lighting up the sky. I did not want to be on the Kansas plains in the middle of the night in a storm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the reason I did that many miles was because I was doing an event. There's an international organization called the Iron Butt Organization, and they have timed distance challenges. So one of them is 1,000 miles in 24 hours, one is 1,500 miles in 36 hours, and one is forty, uh, thirty or 2,000 miles in 48 hours. Jesus. And I was doing the 2,000 miles in 48 hours. I ended up rolling into Moab, Utah in 44 hours flat. Wow. 2,000 miles. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Damn. Yeah. Are you good? I'm, I'm good. good. My butt hurts thinking about I know. That. Mine too. I got saddle sores just thinking about that. All right, take us home, big guy. All right, for Pat and Gene back, this is Winnie. This has been the Outlaw Blitz interview podcast. And as always, take a deep.